Hey guys, Steve here from Potent Products. Today we're going to talk about growing with fishes. Growing with fishes. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 312 of the Growing With Fishes podcast, tentatively the last one from the US. We'll see how our visa status goes tomorrow and Saturday. Um, <laughs> if not, we'll be here for one more week or two and then we'll be taken off uh, as these things go. Nothing ever seems to work on timelines, especially post-COVID. Um, thanks everybody for joining us this week. Uh, we have Jordan River joining us today. Thanks a lot for joining us, Jordan. Hey, we were hey, hanging hey, out hey. last night. Yeah, man, that's right. We were down at the Shawnee Brickhouse for that meetup. Announced a meetup with like no heads up and a bunch of people came out. So that was awesome. Thank you for inviting me on the show. And I'm glad to be here on Growing With Fishes. What's up, Marty? Good to see you, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Good. Very good. What's up, Steve? What's up, man? It's nice to have you back on the show. Yeah, nice to be back on the best coast. Right. <laughs> how's the fire situation there? I know you had a couple near you not too long ago. Um, it, it wasn't anywhere like directly close, like threatening us, but it was on like all sides. So no matter which way the wind blew, our valley was full of smoke. So not, not fun, but you know, at least no, no direct threat of, you know, burning all of our, all of our things. We've obviously had enough of that. So, uh, but, um, it's just been all over the place. Part of the reason I've been so busy with work is I work, uh, I work with Siskiyou County and they have a bunch of fires going on down there too. So. Anytime that happens, we have a we have a spin up of activity. We gotta roll out new wireless stuff and make sure that they have all the you know latest up to date uh, information spread out to everywhere as fast as possible. So it becomes uh, I mean, just the sheer number of people too. You know, there's like hundred firefighters or something like that that are spread across out. So fun stuff like that, but. Uh, Luckily, it started raining now. It's cooling off. Falls hit, so that all that fire anxiety can can go away and pack it away till next June when it comes back again. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> can never know anymore. <laughs> Should Colorado had a crazy wildfire in like January or February or something crazy? It's true. Yeah, they had. It was like almost no rain for a long time. So even though it was cold, it was still really dry. They had a really rough off off season. For a fire that, that burnt quite a few acres, which is not not a normal thing. In uh, most, most fire seasons, are obviously in the summertime when it's hot and dry. You wouldn't even think that you know a place like Colorado would go so long without any rainfall at all in the wintertime. But just one of those weird, perfect storms, I guess. Oh yeah. Well, before I want to get started. Um... Uh, before we get started here, uh, be sure to check out uh, apmjclass.com. Marty and I have a huge aquaponic cannabis class on there. In fact, my dad just finished taking the class. I'm super stoked to, to tell everybody that uh, this is like a whole thing. Having your dad take a class that you you put together was super cool. So um, that was just kind of a neat thing for me personally this week. So he finally completed it. So I got to send dad a certificate. So <laughs> anyways, uh, um, please check it out. If you're especially looking to learn more about aquaponic cannabis, you can learn pretty much every aspect of aquaponic cannabis in that class. We, we spend a lot of time on it. I have a whole bunch of new slides that I'm in the process of editing while I'm spending the uh, 36 hours. It's going to take me to get to Thailand. I'll do a bunch of editing on the, on the laptop while I'm uh, headed over there. I got it all copied to my 
my extra hard drive so I can work on that while I'm on the plane. So I figure what else better to do than uh, edit videos. So, um, and then also check out the pestclass.com. We, uh, have a, I put together a whole pest control course as well as a bunch of reference slides and a whole bunch of other great material. If you're looking to learn more about aquaponic or living soil pest control, uh, as well as apmjnutes.com. If you're looking for aquaponic cannabis nutrient kits, we have all types of different kits, um, real cheap. Uh, you can pick the number of gallons for your system. Uh, and, um, it's pretty great. So pick how many gallons your system is up to 1500 gallons, how many weeks of flowering time, uh, and we'll send you a kit that covers all the nutrients for your aquaponic system. So you don't have to think about it. And if you're looking to brew up your own KNF stuff, check out OpenNutrientProject.com. We do have a huge open source database of nutrients for people wanting to learn how to brew their own nutrients. You want to find the best plants for magnesium to make your compost or ferments or teas. Um, you can find all of it here with links back to the original source material uh, if you do indeed need that. Alrighty. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us today. Um, thanks a lot for joining us today, uh, Jordan. Um, really appreciate you coming on. Um, you guys can check him out over at Growcast on all the different podcast apps or growcast.com, uh, growcastpodcast.com, I'm sorry. Uh, and they have a whole bunch of different courses. If you want to check it out, he has a, a, teaches a whole bunch of in-person courses with Queen of the Sun Grown. She was on a couple of weeks ago uh, and a whole bunch of other wonderful people. Um, they have uh, upcoming courses coming up in um, San Diego, um, Buffalo, New York, uh, and Toronto, Canada, Honolulu, Hawaii, Richmond, Virginia. So uh, a whole bunch of great places coming up here soon. So be sure to check it out on the website. Great resources for videos, podcasts. He's a whole bunch of membership stuff, all kinds of great resources. He's a Patreon, um, a great you, Discord, a whole bunch of other hey, great thank resources. Thank you for hanging out in that Discord. I've seen you in voice chat and stuff, but just tune into the podcast, guys. If you haven't heard of me yet, just check out the podcast, Growcast Podcast. Thank you for the lovely plug, Steve. And for, like I said, hanging out in the Discord. I love when guests of Growcast come and hang out, kick it in voice chat. Um, oh, look, okay, meet up tonight. That was yesterday. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I appreciate the the warm welcome, man. It's good to be back on Growing with Fishes. It's been a minute. Yeah, man. Uh, I think it's been quite a few episodes since you've been on here. Uh, we're excited to have you back. Um, I know you've been doing a whole bunch of stuff. Why don't you start off with uh, you and uh, and Queen of the Sungrown, who was on uh, a week or two ago. Uh, oh, maybe not a week ago, two or three weeks ago. Um, I've been really killing it with the education space and really yeah, helping get the education out there on, on a more personal level. Uh, well, you want to talk about that to start off with? Absolutely. <clears throat> um, if you've been tuning into my show, you know, for a minute that I've been really focused on in-person education. I tend to like to position myself against trends a lot of the time. So while everybody is jumping into cyberspace and doubling down on the metaverse and all of this, I decided that I wanted to push hard for in-person classes, not to say that we're not also involved digitally and have things planned digitally, <clears throat> but I wanted to try this, this in-person masterclass format and the reviews have just been amazing, man. Uh, I am blown away from what I've learned traveling with queen of the sun. Like she's an incredible wealth of information. We like riff on the show and get stoned and stuff. So it's, and it's, it's good info on the show. I'm not knocking it, but with something like this masterclass, when we've sit down and worked out five hours of, of education, it's a whole nother level. Um, so, so thank you for, um, for, for keeping an eye on us and following us. And, and I've got a lot more stuff planned with these grow cast grow classes. Now, what's really cool about this living soil class is we've been scoping everybody's soil and I've learned so much, Steve, going to Illinois and scoping the indoor living soil bed that just got put together and comparing that to some native Midwest soil 
where they tend to treat with a lot of stuff up there and the climate is how it is. And then we go down to Florida, right? Where it's all sand uh, and they're dealing with totally different issues and they bring in their native soil, but there's also a living soil indoor guy, but his bed is four years old. It's crazy to see the differences um, and kind of compile all this data from looking at people's soil samples all over the country under a microscope. And we give them personalized soil recommendations. But like I said, we also kind of add to this, this database. And we've learned a couple of things. And, and one of the main things we've learned is, is kind of self-affirming because we've always preached this. There's so many good ways to grow great cannabis. Like really there is. Um, I do think that a diverse biological uh, ecosystem in your medium will help you regardless of how you grow. We've scoped some cocoa growers who use full-blown salt-based nutrients, but reapply a lot of biology on a regular basis. They say that it helps them. We look in their soil and affirm there is active biology in there or in their cocoa. Um, and then on the other side of the spectrum, you have full-blown no-till guys bringing in their soil sample and you get to see what that looks like. And you get to taste all their flour and it's all good. And as long as you're fulfilled at the end of the day, with your practices, you're happy with how your harvests are turning out. You're happy with your level of sustainability. That's what it's all about, baby. Like you can argue about, uh, you know, breeding provenance or or salts versus organic or whatever acronyms all day. But at the end of the day, if you're happy with your own product and, and how it's going, um, there's a million ways to do this and you got to find what works for you and what makes you happy. So that's what we've also seen. Like I said, looking at all these soils. Um, we would see, we would see some soil samples with very low bacterial life, uh, pointing and, and, and covered in fungal spores and hyphae pointing to a very fungally dominant soil. And the guy would, the guy that we put up on screen was freaking out. He's like, there's there no bacteria in my soil. And it's like, he showed me his flower and it was great coated in resin. Um, on the other hand, we've seen less fungally dominant ones that are also amazing. That's another thing we've really learned about this is like. You know, they talk about fungal dominance from a pH perspective because cannabis prefers that slight, but I've seen really good pot grown in a variety of dominant soil. I've just seen it. It's, it's just my firsthand experience. So um, we just learn a lot of little things like that. And, and like I said, giving these growers advice on their soil is also really, really rewarding. Um, and we find nematodes almost every time, even though they're much rarer in the soil samples. We've been super lucky. There was only one class where we couldn't find a nematode. And uh, we identify them and their species based on their mouth parts and all that. It's very, very cool. It's a fun time, man. What other interesting things have you found with the soil samples? It's really cool that you're doing all that level of, of um, you know, mapping and things like that. I'm interested in, so me and Queen of the Sun balance each other out because she is very um, focused on regenerative practices and like low cost Um because she'll do in-ground planting, right? And she kind of like poo-poo's getting any bottled product. Whereas I'm on the other side where a lot of people want to grow organically indoors. And that's kind of my specialty. I know a lot about these different microbial products that are bottled and sold to indoor growers. And, um, and, and that's, that's what's really interesting is, is we balance each other out. And, and the other thing I've learned is looking at these indoor soil growers, let's take, for example, um, a, a protozoa. Protozoa uh, are, are a species of microbe that is going to be found in like compost and any outdoor garden, birds bringing it on their feet and all of this. But a lot of quote living soil growers indoors use myco products, fungus, and then might use like 
a straight bacteria product like a king crab. Two products that I recommend, but they are literally lacking any protozoa in their living soil. Now, as you know, one of the main functions of protozoa is to consume bacteria. And so we find some of these indoor growers who have tons of bacteria and maybe even some fungi establishing, but no protozoa. And you're missing a huge part of that soil food web if you don't have if you haven't inoculated with nematodes either, for instance. So really getting to know what's in these products and how to get those things into your garden. Now, again, if you're using compost or compost teas, then it's kind of like a different story. You're probably getting a lot more diversity in there. But if you're just using that, those straight bacteria products and maybe a straight fungi product, consider switching it up. Another interesting note here is fish shit. Fish shit is a bottled microbe product and it has protozoa in that. I didn't know that until recently. So those who use fish shit are incorporating protozoa into their garden indoors. You know what I mean? In this modified growing medium that we call living soil growing. Um, so yeah, man, it, it's been, it's been a wild trip. On the, on the note with fish shit. So we recently, I work with a couple of other people that have some other aquaponics facilities on the do vegetables. There's a church group I work with up by Tulsa and a whole bunch of people all across the country I work with. One of the guys that I was working with, he decided to take the excess waste from his um, aquaponics system over the winter and spray it on acreage of his field. So he put 10 acres of fish waste manure and water out on this one plot and then had a hundred acres of, of other, you know, non fish waste fertilized um, hay production on the same property, same owner off the 10 acres with the fish waste. He got 46 uh, bales of hay off of the hundred acres. He got 37 because of the drought. Yeah, that's, that's why he got more off of 10 acres than he did off of a hundred. That is absolutely wild. And that was this year because it's been very dry in Oklahoma. So, um, you know, these are real world numbers. We're adding in those types of microbes and and simply focusing on the type of stuff that you'll learn in her class and and Jordan's class. Focusing on fixing that will fix all these other things down the line that you don't even realize are being affected by the microbial populations. Or you don't realize how much you're overcompensating for them or, or, or suffering like you you might find that you, you know, once you start fixing parts of your foundation like that, that you might need less of what you do now. You might be maybe working a lot harder than you have to, or feeding a lot harder than you have to, or different things like that, that might be a part of your normal process and seem normal now. But once you, you know, once you correct your, uh, your foundation of your microbiology, then you'll find, oh, wow, I can, I can do, I can do less. I can feed less. I can, you know, like, most of the time, when when you make a, a fix or a change like that, and incorporate um, specific any type of fish emulsion, uh, specifically, you know, obviously aquaponics is what I feel like is the best. But on any level that you get those microbes, the fish are so beneficial. Right down the line, that uh, um, I don't I don't even raise fish for food. It it is a huge you know upside for aquaponics, but just keeping them as uh, nutrient and essentially uh, a culture in their digestive system to just constantly be reapplying those microbes instead of buying them and distribute them from a bottle. You can just buy fish food and feed them. A great example of where you see things like the stuff that Jordan and, and Queen of the Sun Grown teach in their class where, where this is a real world ap- applicable. Um, if you don't and you have a okay, so let's look at this. Where do we see septoria, fusarium, botrytis outbreaks on these large scale outdoor grows in Oklahoma? 
They were fields that last, and we've talked about this before on the show, last year were fields that were corn, wheat, soybeans, or, or cattle fields that were sprayed with broadleaf herbicides. So what does that mean? The soil's dead. There's no diversity in the soil. So the moment you put a plant out there, how's the plant ever going to have secondary metabolites if its immune system is never challenged by the root system? It's not going to make any. It doesn't have a reason to because it doesn't think it has anything to defend itself against. Why would it waste the energy? It doesn't make any sense. Right. So that you have these weakened plants that, that can't defend themselves. So if septoria, botrytis, fusarium blows in there, the plants are screwed because they don't know how to defend themselves. Whereas if you, you take a good microbial mix, like you, you'll learn in his course and, and some of the other courses that are out there, like the ones that we teach as well, but particularly the one that she teaches, I had a chance to sit in at her, her talk out at um, um, Mycelium, the festival. And it was really great to, to hear all the different stuff. She was talking about how to boost terpenes and all kinds of great stuff. It's, I'm sure she talks about all that stuff in the, in the course that you guys teach as well. And it really was really great to, to learn from her and really is a great one of the best courses that you can learn out there, especially for the price point. And the fact that he's traveling around the country, coming to you guys more than anybody else, it really is a, a great uh, opportunity to learn from some great people. I really appreciate that, Stephen. To be clear, it is her class. You know, I speak on this stuff and I'm still learning. Um, I, I'm, I'm good at putting all the pieces together, right? That's my specialty. Um, but I, I do consider myself now kind of like a intermediate student at this stuff, but to be clear, you know, Alexandria put together this course and she's an amazing wealth of information. Um, I would love to back it up for a second though, and turn the tables and ask you guys a question. Cause sure. something Marty said kind of piqued my interest. I know that any aquatic microbes are a good idea to incorporate, right? Because we talk about biological diversity and, and wanting to expose your plant to as much biological diversity as possible. I don't want to step on any toes there, any toes here, but when you say aquaponics is best, and I know this is a lay question, but like how, what is, what is the differentiation in benefits between a product like fish shit, a, a cup of your aquarium water in your soil or a dual root zone? Like what percentage of the benefits, am, I know it's, just, it's just kind of a stupid question, but what percentage oh. of the benefits am I getting from just pouring some, some aquarium water in my soil? I'll, guess, I'll let Marty answer first. I guess it just, for me personally, because it, it, it really depends on your lens that you look at it through. Are you, are you looking at it for production? Are you looking at it for, uh, you know, because you want to closely mimic nature as close as possible to have an experience, you know, like, what is it that you're looking to, to get out of it? But in my experience, no matter how many different lenses you look at it through, aquaponics is almost always, in my opinion, the top answer. So when I said that, I was saying that aquaponics was best for keeping, for introducing those microbes into your grow, because you never have to reapply them. As long as your fish are alive and you feed them, it's just coming right out of the digestive tract. Right. So it's, you, you re, essentially you reapply it anytime you feed them because the more you feed them the more they shit the more microbes you're going to get out of the digestive tract which just regenerate themselves uh, they will also carry other uh, species so like lactobacillus is a great example that we put in all the time so they will also be able to help that stay in in your essentially think of it like a culture right you're you're culturing aquatic microbes and reapplying them to if you're using a a dual root zone system you're reapplying them to your <clears throat> to your grow media pretty consistently like if you're top watering sometimes and your dual root zone you can apply it to the top and some of them they'll just get a presence like lactobacillus will just always be in the system through the root zone so the roots will always have access to those microbes 
to, to be able to um, allow them to reproduce up into the soil layer. So it increases your diversity by having dual root zone because now you have soil layer microbes that have a, a home to live in and reproduce and stay in your system. So it'll, it matures over time, whereas um, kind of like living soil beds versus replacing your soil all the time. It can get older, it can grow, it can increase in diversity over time instead of get reset all the time or have to be re-inoculated. So, uh, you know, after, you know, a routine is established, it just becomes like feeding the fish can now, uh, you know, like, so twice, once or twice a week, I feed just Bokashi brand to my fish to re-inoculate labs to my system. Wow. That they'll just always be in there. So like a handful of Bokashi brand is probably like, less than a penny <clears throat> to be able to keep it in there all the time. And my system just spreads that out. So the fish eat it up, it stays in their digestive tract. It extends throughout the entire system over time and ridiculously cheap. One of the best uh, boosts that you can give a plant is just by making labs. You can see that across lots of different grow mediums, whether you're talking about living soil or even salt-based growers have been adding labs to their to their mixes or, or um, doing it in flush. I've seen that has been uh, when they're flushing out all their salt nutrients, they use labs to help break stuff down or whatever it is that they want to use it for. The, I think the point is that you see these threads of, um, of success across different types of growth mediums and aquaponics has a lot of those threads just kind of woven into how, how it works. So if you, if you don't maintain those, the, the system sort of falls apart in a way like if you let your nitrogen get out of control up or down or you know whatever it is um you know you're it, it kind of um requires a certain amount of accountability but still by being pretty flexible so that's why i i would say it's the the best at incorporating uh fish microbes or aquatic microbes into your grow because they're just always present they're essentially growing right. a culture of aquatic microbes and there's so many other benefits like you said which makes a lot of sense but when you say that it's like goal oriented you know i believe that that the way that you fertigate your plant and specifically the microbes that are that it's exposed to i believe that changes flavor there are some guests that would argue with me just over that but i that's I, certainly been my experience yeah and, i have zero doubt you know, because I've grown lots of different ways in aquaponics and living soil beds in sips, <clears throat> um, you know, basically everything except for full si salt hydro, I have done personally myself with my own two hands and cleaned it and smoked it and only cared what I thought about it. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't not for sale. I don't have, you know, like not production or like, but just like what I preferred to consume myself in different ways of growing it in same strains, same cuts in some instances, like literally the, you know, clones of the same plant grown in, in different ways. And every single time, if you compared to anything, if it was aquaponics, it had a, a preferable terpene flavor. So if it was gas, it was gassier. If it was fruit, it was fruitier, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it was, uh, Damn, man. especially terpene related in terms of aquaponics was was hands down better not only for me but also the grower friends that i shared it with because you know that that's half the fun is making your friends take blind taste tests and right what they pick and 
I just think that people sometimes overlook the aquatic microbes, especially if you do have like an aquarium or, or make a fish emulsion. Like you said, there's so many ways to get these. I know like a 16 year rock wool grower who uses fish shit through the whole end of his cycle. And he doesn't do that for no reason. Now, like you said, he's got to buy a bottle. He's got to buy another right. bottle when he's out. Which I'm not hating um, on, especially like corporate facilities or what, you know, yeah, they're like a small home grow where it's going to last you a while. Right. Whatever, you know, maybe you're growing in your apartment closet. I can totally understand why you wouldn't want, you know, a, a fish tank on the sixth floor in your closet. There, you know, there could be complications with that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I totally understand why it's, uh, but if, if you can do anything <laughs> and, and you're just simply looking at it for what produces the best product or, or the best flavor or experience that I, I definitely think that it's aquaponics and, and it makes sense. Like think about whatever fruit you pay, like let's say blackberries. If you are picking blackberries, what's the difference between the blackberry that you pick that grows right next to the creek in the blackberry that grows in, in the middle of a cow field. They'll both produce blackberries. They'll, they'll both be good, but they'll taste different. And if you, if you ask yourself which one tastes better, nine times out of 10, the one that grows right next to the creek is probably gonna taste better. It has constant access to those aquatic microbes, all the water that it can get, very little fluctuation in its environment. Um, and that's what, we, that's what we try to do in aquaponics is we create a system that models those zones that uh, constantly produce the most in nature. So in addition to mimicking the way soil works, like in a living soil bed, we talk about it being living water. So you have living water that goes with your living soil <coughs> to be able to complete the cycle because everywhere has aquatic microbes that grows anything of, of substance in, in the natural world, right? Lakes, even the ocean. Uh, so all of those, there's no sterile body of water that exists naturally that just gets watered through a drip hose. Um, so if you just take that same idea of mimicking the way nature works throughout soil and spreading that to the idea of how you maintain your water system so that it's more like what happens in nature, which is a lot of times flooding and draining, which is what we're simulating in the in the media section of our beds um good point so i've always wanted to try yeah. rainfall, incorporating rainfall in some way but i haven't been able to <laughs> that would be so cool but look for that look for it you mentioned about the dwc guy i actually wanted to throw this up this is the very first mention of um aquaponic cannabis um it's actually a, a reply to someone asking about um trying to do this and uh you know an attempt at aquaponics and breeder steve going hey yeah i've been doing this a long time and he was doing um uh, regular net cups with hydrogen and just putting the fish shit on top <laughs> like just piling it at the top of the roots oh. and letting it go down through it so um even if something as rudimentary as that was killing it against all the controls uh, you know and this was long before dual root zone this was back in 1999 um, but he was the first um uh, to post about it but yeah just to talk about that it kind of reminded me of this wow, post man that's wild but yeah this is off, off the overgrow.net forums that's uh that that's that's breeder steve making the first aquaponics cannabis post that's history right there man yeah Back a lot that file a <laughs> lot of people don't know too bubble man's first uh, bubble hash with his bags was made with aquaponic weed gro grown by steve so um it's been in the history of cannabis far that's more than i think people realize 
um, if you actually look at like some of the bigger events that have happened along the way. Um, but as far as your, your question is fish shit versus aquarium water versus dual root zone, um, fish shit, the product is, is okay. It's a shelf stabilized product. So it, it's, and it's also good. It's better the fresher you get it. I'll put, let me put it that way. Of course. So um, you're going to have a lot of diversity. And remember 76% of the microbes that live in, a, in an aquaponic system are going to live just fine in your soil. You know, you have about 75% plus minus 76% actually um, uh, overlap. So um, that's, that's your, you know, benefit but remember all the aquatic webs are completely different from the soil so you might have two players in a in an aquatic chain but you might have four in soil or vice versa or eight player uh, different microbes that convert something from one to the other the other to the other uh in, in order for it to be plant available and that's really where diversifying your different microbial um, communities comes into play because the plant can kind of pick and choose what's going to work best for it rather than you trying to just force it to use one of the systems yeah, that does make a lot of sense. I didn't know that there was different, uh, you know, lengths and processes between the aquatic. Oh, completely different. Even, okay, so let's just use this as an example. Even just the traditional uh, aquaponics and aquariums, um, nitrospira to nitrosoma uh, for nitrogen breakdown. So uh, plants, fish produce ammonia, gets broken down by uh, nitrospira uh, from, into nitrite and then converted by nitrosoma to nitrate, right? So um uh even that is is a three micro but they've also found nitrogen processes that go directly from ammonia to nitrate in a single step that are completely different so you you have all multiple and that's just nitrogen right that, that's just one of the pieces of the puzzle and that's just one example of the different of, of three different microbes right so it gets way more complex and what was interesting is nasa did a study um trying to look at what microbial species do we need to bring if we're going to go to Mars or to the moon and we're going to grow soil or, or aquatic systems? What are the mineralizing microbes we need to for these food chains, for human waste, for animal waste, for fish waste, things we might bring with us? They tested, it was like 56 different commercial aquaponic systems. Uh, I forget how many aquaculture systems and a couple of other places looking for microbe species. What they found was only two of all the farm sample even had anything that closely resembled the same microbial mineralization webs. And they were in a koi farm across the street from an aquaponics farm. And they were within a quarter or half mile from each other. All the other ones were completely unique. And that made, a, made them realize how many different ways there are for these mineralization processes. There isn't one way, there's a thousand ways. <laughs> So and, and it's and a matter of having that, the right components for A to B to C, but you might be able to go to A to C to D to F, or, or you, there, there's just lots of different ways that these things can happen. And, and that's why, again, diversity is going to help get you the best results. Let the plant choose what's best for it and just give it you know, a menu to choose from. That's what's going to give you the best results. It's also going to give you the most secondary metabolites. So the plant's immune system is going to be able to defend itself better. So you're, 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 you're increasing nutrients, you're increasing you know, plant's immune system and defense systems. You're, you're helping the plants all around by using things like aquarium waste. Even if you're just doing water changes in a freshwater tank and putting that, that, that fish waste in there, maybe not so much in flour because it's pretty high in nitrogen, but um, you know, uh, maybe the second half of flour, don't, don't use it, but uh, all the way through maybe week three of flower, that's perfectly fine to put on your plants right, and, and it'll right. absolutely help a lot. But that answer, you know, the, the thing that answered my question uh, most, most thoroughly from what you said was, you know, 76% of the aquatic microbes being able to survive in your living soil. So for oh. a lot of these living soil guys, one application is enough for a lot of the species, but 24% is nothing to sneeze at either. 
the other thing out of that same study, and this was a, a paper that was written uh, basically to, to prove that aquaponics should be organically certifiable was of all those samples tested when they looked at total microbial species against all the organic soil farms that they sampled, it was at minimum 168% more biodiverse in terms of total species than even the highest organic soil sample. Damn. So that, that goes to show that the biodiversity in the aquatic zones is, is way beyond what you see in soil because it's evolved. Think about it. Freshwater is very isolated all over the planet, right? A high altitude lake starts up at a glacier melt and goes all the way to the ocean, but it, there's no backflow, right? <laughs> so so these, these microbial communities either had to go inch by inch against the current or they evolved many different times all the way downstream. Uh, and that makes absolute sense how evolutionarily that would happen. And even look at the Congo River Delta and, and Africa has a crazy amount of diversity because the current and the, and the rate, the speed of things is so, so high that you get these isolated pockets that evolve differently, even if the parent species were the same to start off with. So you have that same kind of thing. You also have to remember that if you, in a system like aquaponics that can mature, it, it can evolve over time. You can have generations of microbes reproducing in your system as opposed to just reintroducing the, the same microbes again. So it's kind of like your system can level up as opposed to just reintroducing level one each time. Think about yeah, mammoth bee. They, they, you know, we had Colin on and he explained how in the lab they grow uh, mammoth pea to like 11 generations, right? They, they isolate the, the ones they think are the most badass for whatever reason they want to select them. And they, they do that 11 times over. Well, if you are constantly having to reapply in, in they're not meaning they're not reproducing in your system, then you're never going to get more advanced generations. You're never going to get an evolution chain past a certain point. Um, whereas in aquaponics, where you have to maintain it, um, it, it evolves over time. And I think that's also why you see living soil beds that, you know, evolve over time as well, have similar kind of success or difference between other forms of growing where you you have to re-inoculate multiple times in order to have success. What's up, Josh? Long time no see. Yo, dude. What's up, man? Hey, what's uh, up, Josh? How are you guys doing? Good, man. Just talking about fish shit as usual. Man, <laughs> uh, just I, I didn't really catch the beginning of that. I just caught the last half of what you were saying, but um, Tad Hussey of Kiss Organics posted something about... Um, powdery mildew the other day and it, it's so funny man to me it, the powdery mildew is the simplest fucking thing in the, in the whole goddamn book to deal with and all these guys that claim science and i'm not talking shit on pat i didn't mean to like turn it that way but it's just so funny that there's papers on this shit that were done years ago that i looked up as a total like non-educated fucking nimbus and found that out that uh you know, the powdery mildew lives in the top half inch of soil. And when we're growing in pots and we're dry, having that dry out period without any mulch, then we're really in we're and we're growing in a high humid, humid environment, which is, is more often the case in an indoor or closed environment situation that it's a, it, you're prone to get powdery mildew. So everyone gets it. Um, I can grow in my greenhouse with extremely high humidity, flooding even at times and have zero, you know, none to zero powdery mildew. I put sick plants in there and it heals itself. Um, and, and that, that, that is a result of my, my 
living soil beds that have been alive now for six years in, in this situation that I have not done anything catastrophic to them to knock off the biology. I haven't gone, oh shit, and dumped in some pesticides or I've been running a really simple, moderate, like very, very, uh, let me, the same moisture level all the way through. I've been using blue mats. And so this is what you get in aquaponics is because you don't have the fuck up and you don't have the dry up and the change. You the, Just what Marty was saying, you really get the opportunity for this. And this is just my, my total bro science, but um, I'm, I'm sure that someone can back me up. Oh, um, you, get, you get the opportunity for the system to evolve past all this shit, you know? And like, just to go back to Tad, like he, the picture he had was, of an outdoor, you know, four by six bed with potted soil mix. You could see the perlite in it, no mulch. And you could see that he had overwatered in places and displaced half that shit. And it wasn't like the rooted, you know what I mean? Like right away, I'm like, dude, I already know what's going on. And he's like, no, no, it's the environment. It's outdoors in the Northwest and it's, it's genetics. I'm like, well, maybe, but like, I've been, I've got, I've got like 50,000 plants under my belt in this scenario. I'm not like fucking around here. I've been doing it for five years six years at the same spot, a lot of plants, like, anyways, uh, yeah. I just think that, that, aqua, that to, to Marty's, to back up Marty's point, aquaponics really forces people to stay in the pocket because of the nature of the way the system works and moving the water through and it's mechanical kind of controlling your system to a degree, you know? So that's all oh. I was long-winded adding. I now I would say that mulching is such a, such a key factor, man. We, we just did an yeah. episode on mulching and uh, with, with Mary Beth Sanchez. Who we, who we love dearly and must protect at all costs. Um, and she was, you know, it's funny, uh, Josh, we, we were talking earlier on the show about how, how there's so many ways to do this. And like we at Growcast support all the different styles, but I can't think of one good reason not to mulch. If you're a, a living soil grower, doesn't matter if you're indoors and you throw some rice holes down, or if you're outdoors and you throw some wood chips down, it's one of the few things that I think is like literally optimal, no matter what. I can't think of one good reason not to mulch. I can think of a hundred good reasons to mulch. No, and I, I, was I, gonna, hold on. I was just going to say shout out Mary Beth Sanchez. She's actually the newest person to sign up to be a speaker for the uh, third annual Aquaponic Cannabis Conference in November. Um, uh, we just haven't announced it yet on the speaker list, but uh, oh, yeah. we, we do have a, a couple more slots left. Um, we have a, a little bit different format for this year, but uh, if you are looking to sign up, you have an aquaponic cannabis facility. You're a small home grower. We're looking for a couple more people for the home growers panel as well. But uh, yeah, I just want to say a shout out. She's going to be giving a one hour talk uh, at the conference. Love it. Yeah. So the, I, I say this all the time and, and people just like somehow don't get it, but like the, the proper biology lives in the right moisture content, not too dry, not too wet. I learned this from Elaine Ingham and she talks, it says it over and over. And people just think she's like retarded or something. But it's like, no, you're not hearing me. Once you have the right moisture content, the right microbes live there and they eat the bad shit. And if it gets too dry or it gets too wet, then you have, you're dealing with these other ranges of microbes that aren't doing so well. And that's what mulch provides. That's what aquaponics provides. It provides the transition from wet to dry. And in that transition, there's the optimal, and that's where the, the nematodes can thrive and take care of all your uh, thrips and all that shit. Like it's, it's really the fucking like be all end all, not be all end all, but it's, you know, it's the linchpin, it's, it's, man. It's, it's the fucking the linchpin. linchpin. It's the fucking linchpin. That's the, a great way to say it. The other thing yeah. is you don't have like the random, Oh shit moments anymore. Like you don't have like a surprise problem. You might have a minor problem or, Hey, 
oh man, we started to get aphids in the corner where the side blew open or whatever, but they're not racing through the place. Like you see in a lot of facilities, it, they'll get first detection and a week later, it's through the whole facility. It, that doesn't happen when you have a good living soil or aquaponics with those biodiverse root systems. Again, it doesn't matter how you get there. You, you like living soil, do that. You'll want to, you want to do aquaponics, do that. But either way, get hyper biodiverse root systems. That's how you defend your plants. That's how you get top tier cannabis. That's how you don't, don't have the headaches that a lot of people end up with. And just to touch on real quick what Josh was saying about the, the moisture content, <clears throat> they're talking about the moisture content of the soil. And one of the great things that I think about aquaponics is that you can really control that a lot easier with a growing medium separate from the soil. So in like dual root zone where you keep the soil separate, but it's still present <clears throat> for, the, for the plant, um, it, it can be a, a very forgiving method of growing. Um, in terms of like, especially once you get a good soil mix that you're used to making and putting in your dual root zone. I mean, you can pretty much load them up and <clears throat> put them in there and just, you know, feed the fish and keep the fish cycling. Like, if you can really work out a, a system to where you've got, you know, <clears throat> you've got, you know what your inputs are in terms of fish food, you know what your, um, you know, make sure your, your tanks are staying topped off and your siphons are running and your, your system is running really well and you can stay consistent with it for even like six months, I think you would find that that, that would be the most forgiving system that you've ever grown in. Um, and that you could put, like Josh was saying, you could put sick plants in it and it would heal them. It's that, um, it's that, that level of, uh, or like Steve was saying, even uh, an infection of uh, plants that come in from the outside or uh, insects that come in from the outside are easier to isolate um, and don't spread as fast. And you know, I just thought as you were saying that I was thinking um, I, I was listening to the breeder syndicate and there was a someone on there that was a viroid specialist. And they were talking about viroids being transferred through runoff. And and like especially like water cloners, like the turbo cloner or easy cloners like I use, you know, you put a bunch of cuttings in one one right, solution yeah. and you infect the whole fucking yeah. bunch. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, I, I imagine it's the same thing in aquaponics. I hadn't even thought about that factor until just now when you were saying that. I was like, oh, yeah, but that's probably. So we haven't. So, OK, the only one that we've suspected potentially. And again, this isn't confirmed. We own the only reason why I say this is because we could not trace it back to an insect vector. Doesn't mean that there wasn't one or there wasn't a dumbass employee that was like finger fucking the plants or something. But. Um, there was two facilities that we suspect potentially um, lettuce chlorosis virus was spread through the water because we could not find another vector that made sense. But it doesn't mean that it happened. It just means that we ruled out, you know, pretty much everything else. So that's the only one that we've seen. That's why I don't recommend people doing lettuce and cannabis anymore in the same system. Or putting a hop latent plant going in. Yeah, Dutch said I could put well, a thick plant in the system. <laughs> well, know, like, hop, we haven't proven the hop latent as water vectored. Now, I will say this, and this is no, something no, that I learned. Lady, that's what this lady was saying. Hop, hop, hop latent is absolutely vector. alcohol tolerant. So if you're cleaning your blades in alcohol, stop cleaning them in alcohol. Clean them in peroxide. Or clean them in. Uh, this lady said ten to twenty percent bleach was the only thing that they have found. Oh, okay. Yo, well, yo, yo, what about I've the heard lighter peroxide trick? and bleach. You telling me it survives my lighter trick? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. So I, I won't survive no the lighter, light. but but yeah, you dip it in the. That's the trick with the rubbing alcohol. You dip it in the rubbing alcohol and then you light it on fire with the lighter. That will kill it. 
<laughs> I can't survive that. Either, right? You know, I'm, I'm very, very sanitary. I have a Bic lighter. I light it up and then I wipe it on my dirty jeans. That's my fucking protocol. So I know I'm, I know I'm on point. Nailed it. Right after you eat a bag of Cheetos, right? Yeah, totally. With some Chocolates. some orange uh, Cheeto dust fingers on there, man. Yeah, I, I I don't think I've I've been really lucky in my growing career. I have not I've I got a knock on wood here. I've never had never had powdery mildew in my garden, and uh, I don't think I've had anything like a hop latent viroid where there was like dudding or anything like that. Now I've had plenty of pests in my time. I've had root aphids. I've had broad mites. Those broad mites dudded out my plants. But um, I've heard a lot of horror stories about this these viroids, but I haven't experienced them myself. Yeah, I think that's a great point Josh made. It, it, you know, don't make sure to rule out that it, it's a viroid before you throw the sick plant into the system. <laughs> right. That's, that's a great point. Um, but just, uh, but yeah, I think that um, we, we've done a number of shows uh, on viruses now. Steve's got a whole section on viruses that he put together in our class too, because they're just that prevalent, part, partially because we, so many more people deal with so many more plants now. Right. So many people are doing thousands of plants as opposed to you know, four or five hundred. <clears throat> so I definitely think there's a, um, you know, it's a, it's a side effect of the industry really going crazy that we have to worry about it. So that that's kind of like, well, uh, okay, necessary evil, I suppose. But yeah, I didn't. Um, I was cleaning with rubbing alcohol too. I, I got the same. Uh, I got the same look on my face Jordan got when when you heard that you shouldn't clean with rubbing alcohol, like that was, that was what I was doing for so long. I thought like, Oh, well that was, you know, I thought it was great. And didn't, and that's could be one thing about viruses. You may, it's definitely easy to just be like, Oh, this plant's sick. I'm going to throw it out and not ever worry about it again. But you know, maybe you did have a virus on that one. You just didn't know it. It's, unless you're like, have a decent microscope and scoping your shit out, then you're identifying it. You're not, you're not even going to know in a lot of cases. So it's kind of one of those, it's not like broad mites. Like if you get broad mites, you're like walk out there. Oh, you're like, oh, that plant's fucked. It's covered in these tiny mites. But uh, uh, virus is not anywhere close to the same. Some the other thing, they let them finish. The other thing too is like uh, male versus female. So like this is the same strain. The right one's a male, same age. <laughs> so, anyways. When you're comparing strains, sometimes people think they have HLV and it's actually just males that are really eager. <laughs> One thing that is uh, important to mention is that you can transfer certain pests, russets, um, and viroids. So a certain percentage of viroids will transfer it through the seed too. So, um, you know, where there's a lot of seed buying going on, a lot of seed sharing, a lot of cloning, you know what I mean? So it's it's something to be aware of. And I'm just more convinced now than ever that, that my protocol in every step needs to be the bleach dip. Um, I, I have been doing a hypochlorous acid dip for a while and I've seen a lot of great results, but this, the bleach dip just it feels like that's the simplest, easiest. And I mean, with my tools, with the plants, with everything, like it's, you know, it's, it's cheap. You know, like the reason, one of the reasons I moved away from the bleach is because it's, I was feeling that it wasn't very, regenerative or environmentally friendly because I'm using these 
you know, I have, I have six of those water cloners, right? So it's a lot of water to clean those out, a lot of bleach I was using, and then dumping that on the ground, right, in my farm. And so it was just like, fuck, you know, and maybe that maybe I don't need to, to, to do it with that, but I can I can use my hypochlorous. I'm just kind of ramp, you know, spitting shooting off the top of my head. But I just when I heard that that uh them talking about the bleach, it would just really sunk home. And I was like, I need to be that needs to be my IP. My protocol all the time is you know, whatever pest it is, whatever pathogen it is, dunk the whole fucking plant in a five gallon bucket, you know, or whatever you got to do. There you go. Wow. That's like so such specific variegation and the twisted leaves. Yeah, I, I'm knocking on so wood many again. people will just look at that and just be like, oh, that's variegation or oh, your pH balance is off. You know what I mean? If you posted that picture right now to a Facebook group, you get like 20 different responses and in like almost none of them would be a virus you know what i mean like it's nice. uh, it's just what viruses are one of those things that i don't like again i feel like it's really kicked up since production is kicked up and that most people don't even think about or even know when they have it so it makes it kind of scary in my opinion that's the biggest thing is how many grows I go into and it'll be like on one of the mom plants and you can see wh wh which one it started from. And then you get to the flower room and it's on all of them. And you're like, dude, are you not cleaning your tools? Like what is going on here? And you can see the progression through the facility with the infections on a lot of these. That's where you can really pick up on, you know, what's communicable and what isn't. I think a lot of home growers are really uh, unsafe with their practices, with their swapping practices. You know what I mean? And I know oh, that a lot of viruses, a lot of professional that, growers. That's true. Too. <laughs> that's true too. And I know some viruses can be passed through the seed, but like all pests, people are buying clones from some dude on a discord and having a mail over and they're doing it in 12 different discords. And then they wonder why they got broad mites or russet mites instead of popping well, from dude, seed and hunting some well, in your home grow. Well, what's real even, screwy? Even say like mm -hmm. I'm a professional gardener and I sell clones, and I got russets and I had to shut it down, but it fucking hurt. Like it's not just like oh good job dude you got character. No, I had to pay those people their money back, and it and it fucking really hurt. And it was like I didn't have the money, so I had to go negative for a second. You know what I mean? And it's just like fuck, dude. Like shit happens. It's, 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 my it's age, the nature know? of the right. game, and I don't want to seem like I'm coming off on the people sending the cuts, but rather the people who are ordering them discriminately, not quarantining them. That's something that you really want to consider if if the medicine is important to you in your home grow. Sometimes, sometimes it's worth it to pop some seeds and do a little hunty hunty. So many, so much good stuff out there, but but also I, I I see what you mean. I love I love the clone game, man. I love reading a description of a plant and ordering it, and then being able to get something that resembles that description. Nothing beats that, dude. Nothing beats that. So different strokes, but but these discords, man. I'm telling you, it's it's like STDs. There, everybody's everybody's infected out there. <laughs> yeah. The other crazy thing too. So I was at a grow was last year, the year before. And they had the same four or five cuts in each room on the same tables, the same layout in all four rooms. They had different lights from different companies. And only one of the strains under one of the lights showed mosaic virus expression. And the other three rooms, it did not and yielded fine. And that got me really thinking about what is actually triggering these viruses to increase in population in the tissue. Like weakness, how, it's weakness. How, it's right. How is it that? Yeah, exactly. But like, just like the why, fact why that is, just light spectrum so could be a trigger. 
was crazy to me that 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 could be even a factor, right? Like of all the things you think of, the fact that that could be triggering it and versus the other rooms that wasn't was just mind blowing to me. Well, it's just like it's a, it's the one factor that's the weakness in my mind. It could be nutrition, it could be environment, you know. And so you get that along with past pathogen, and you get sick. You know, why do why does we all get in the same room? Some people are vaxxed, some people aren't. It's like like we've seen this so so easily. You know, when with our gatherings and COVID, you know, like I don't fucking know, man. Get rest, get sleep, eat good food, <laughs> don't smoke be a fat mullen. fuck, smoke a lot of weed, <laughs> smoke a lot of mullen. <laughs> Well, some mullen wraps. Mullen's where it's at, man. You know, going back to what, you know, like what Josh was saying or or what Joe was saying about how, you know, people aren't necessarily the best about, uh, you know, the cleanliness. And yeah, there's a lot of home growers that aren't. There's a lot of them that are that might only do like 16 plants. You know, like, talk to me when you've done a thousand plants. You know what I mean? Like, or better yet, talk to me when you try to pay someone else to do a thousand plants because I guarantee you when you're paying someone to cut clones that the first like hundred of them will be like great and the last hundred of them not so much (laughs) it's just human nature and if you've never done it then I'm not going to listen to you about it to be honest like if you've only done a dozen plants a year then I'm sure they were all very clean and well cared for. <laughs> but <laughs> aside from that, you know, like if you haven't done it on that scale, it's really hard to like talk to somebody about how how difficult it is to not only take care of that many plants all the way through till they finish, but also having enough plants to refill that whole facility with all new plants after you harvest them because right. you're that's a whole process that most people don't even get into. You know, like if you have your, your 12 plants and you keep them clean until they're done and then you go back to the dispensary and you buy 12 more plants and, and you go through that cycle, then that's great. But you're still not anywhere close to like what someone like Josh has to do in terms of keeping a rotation going um, for, for a full-fledged business. It's not even. Well, and, oh, yeah. and part of it is like, think about my inexperience coming into this shit, my lack of funding. You know, so I have like many rooms with much going on, many clone areas, many flowering areas, many veg areas, like many, you know, um, on my same property. And, I, and I'm just moving shit all over the place. And it's a clusterfuck. And, you know, imagine trying like someone was like, I take clones, clones from outdoors and bring them in. Yeah, me too. I take them from all these fucking places and I'm bouncing them around and I'm quarantining and shut. It is, it's a fucking you know, nightmare, uh, in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's pretty dynamic and fun. If you're, if you like that sort of thing in your life, <laughs> but <laughs> if you're a masochist, it's a great, yeah, if you're a masochist, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> but, uh, it's, I don't know what my point is just, just that, that I think I'm a prime example of, of how the industry is in a lot of ways, trying to just figure your way out and like not having enough money and just kind of scraping through and then a problem happens and it's oh fuck and you know it's and, and all that together plus the green rush it, it and and that there's fucking like like a the greed over overcuts and genetics but they, they also pure just lust you know there, there's there's money greed but there's like lust and like I totally take part in the lust after, you know, like when someone gets on there and every, everyone's like, oh, man, that fucking root beer. I'm like, oh, buddy, get me the root beer. <laughs> you know, I got to have it. 
Yeah, man, you're right. right? It's, it's a cash crop. And, and also like farming is tough. You know, Marty talks about delivering these clones on a consistent basis. You talk about the, the numerous challenges that you have to face when, when you're trying to scale up basically. And it's like farming is really hard. It's really for insane people at the end of the day. Cause you think about that rotation and, and like Marty said, getting that run done, preparing for the next one. Congratulations. Like that's the bare minimum. It's like a game of Russian roulette. Every single time you start a fucking run, you just like spin the chamber and fucking like, here we go again. Like, Oh, yeah. thank God. Here we go again. It's oh, like, great. Broad you bikes. can ride a bike with training wheels. Congratulations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, you're riding a bike, but with training wheels, like it's the bare minimum. Just like you said, that's perfect. Like, like that's the starting point. Congratulations. You've reached level one. Right. And, and like stakes are high in both. Like somebody who's home growing for their own medicine in an illegal state, you know, like that can be a devastating harvest loss, even though they lost their few plants. But like you said, it's like approaches are different. Like you're not mainlining a thousand plants. You're just not doing that. Like, I'm sorry. Whereas if you're a home grower, <laughs> exactly. you can take these totally different approaches. Um, but yeah, from, from like a, from a vector standpoint, it's definitely so much easier to control a smaller space as opposed to in Soviet Russia. Plant. We mainline all our plants. <laughs> Is that where you're headed to consult? I thought yeah. it was Thailand. You're going to so you want to you want to talk about really insane regulations? Have you any of you ever tried to register any nutrient or microbe to the Russian Federation? Every single crop has its own regulation. So if I get it registered to Russia, right, you have to get it registered for tomatoes and potatoes and for wheat and all that shit separately. It's fun. It's horrific. That's nuts. Russian nutrients, man. We, uh, uh, speaking of which, uh, this was a, go ahead. I was just asking when you were leaving, bro. Uh, I'm supposed to leave Monday. I'm waiting on my visa. My visa is taking longer than it should because they're really slow right now post COVID and they're about to change all the rules again on the 30th. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to squeeze in before then. So we'll see if it happens. I'm supposed to leave Monday tentatively. If not, it'll be pushed back a week or two and until they give me my visa and then I'll go. Whenever that comes. <clears throat> so it's not the easy, you know, not, not every country is easy to just pop off to. So unfortunately. Right. Um, so somebody in chat was asking about mullen. Steve was talking about, I just have a little piece here dry. This is just a mullen leaf. It's dry. You can just smoke this like you would weed. You can, <clears throat> if you get it, my favorite though, is to do a mullen wrap, which I, I rolled one live on the show. I showed how to identify mullen and Oh, nice. You like to use the leaf as a wrap? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a, yeah. I don't, I don't have a one. Wrap. You can actually, it'll even work with a, with one that you cut right now. Even a green leaf, you like, you can, it'll take a little bit more to get it going and cherry it up. But <clears throat> um, my favorite is to let it dry for about 12 to 24 hours um, before <clears throat> you roll with it because it becomes like a, when it comes to like the consistency of cloth, it's like, very flexible, really super easy to roll with, still burns really well, <clears throat> minimal taste. Um, so yeah, I don't, good luck like digging up what episode it was, but um, <clears throat> you can definitely do it. Uh, I do it all the time and um, it's it's great. I highly recommend it. Would you say that's more of like a, like a smooth wrap or does it add some flavor that you like that mullet? It doesn't add a ton of flavor. Like if you smell mullet, it, you know, like it's pretty much it adds a little like undertone 
and I guess it just depends. I when I roll a wrap, I use a lot of wheat, so it's probably difficult for it to like change the flavor too much. But it, it definitely does to a certain extent. And obviously, if you use only a little bit of wheat and a lot of mullein, uh, then that'll work too. A lot of people will use it um, mullein as a replacement for not a replacement, I shouldn't say, but as an alternative to an inhaler. A little smoke, a little bit of mullet to help clear out their lungs. And, um, and yeah, it's a bronchodilator, yeah. And, yeah, it's a. And so, um, you you can actually just take a leaf, and I've used it to just uh, I rolled it up and just pack some weed in the end of it and use it like a chillum, just smoke out of it like that. Uh, also works really well too. So if you're ever stuck somewhere and you you know you run out of papers or uh, you know you're you're backpacking and somebody breaks the pipe. Uh, you can always just make one real quick at a mullet. So stoner, stoner tip for you. Yeah, it's I, good I, interestingly, keep... I think it tastes a little bit like smoking, if you can imagine, um, cheap tobacco, like a, like a camel or something cheap, you know, mm. um, with um, a little bit of lavender. Um, if you just smoke it, smoke it, uh, just by itself, which I do, I, I, I do. I got bought a big, you know, bag of, bag of it, even though it, it grows around. I just, one day I bought a bag of it. Right. Um, Actually, it's the base to a lot of, you know, like smoking mixes, you know, people that like to smoke uh, pipe tobacco, and different stuff like that. It's the base to a lot of, of smoking mixes. Yeah. Steve turned me on to it though. So I've, I've done them, uh, done them just straight, but then I, I'll add them into the joint too, you know? And uh, it's it's actually really fucking helpful. And I, I travel with it now. Um, Steve's got me got me trained. I travel with a little bit when I go to the conferences. You know, everyone's sharing joints and stuff. And um, there you go. I think that's exactly what I have. One pound bag for like we had twenty bucks, dude. Yeah, it's great. If you, I know when I got COVID, <clears throat> I started smoking this, and within like two hours, I could get all most of my lung function back again didn't cure anything i'm not i'm not claiming that but it certainly allowed me to get through it right it helped reduce the symptoms and allow me to breathe a lot easier and get all the shit out of my lungs i could actually cough it up rather than being kind of restricted so that that helped a lot just being able to breathe and get that that junk out of my lungs quite a bit so but uh, i i use it all the time and i like to bring it to conventions it stops the convention cough it keeps you from spreading stuff if someone's sick it kind of stops it I actually had a coworker when I was working at Aquaponics Source who worked in shipping. He had a chronic bronchitis for like nine years or something like that. And um, him and I went foraging and stuff together and hiking. And uh, he didn't smoke, didn't drink, didn't, you know, he was a, a very religious person and that was not, not his jam, but he knew I knew my herbal medicine. So I bought him a clean glass pipe, gave him some mullein that we harvested, that, uh, you know, off the property. He smoked it and it stopped that chronic bronchitis because what he happened was he was taking antibiotics, but they weren't getting all of it. So it was coming back. A small percentage of it was staying populated. But when he smoked the mullein, it annihilated it and it got rid of it permanently. So and he, we've had a couple of different friends of mine over the years that have had chronic bronchitis and it works very good against that, especially if you're a former tobacco smoker and you still have that chronic bronchitis. It, it helps a lot with those types of stuff. I do find that doing it repeatedly helps too. So like, you know, just like you take antibiotics two or three times a day, <clears throat> you know, the same thing with mullet. It helps to, to not just like do it once when you get sick, but do it pretty consistently. And uh, it will, uh, you know, it'll really help treat that stuff thoroughly like, like Steve was talking about. So 
I like to use it as a screen in the bottom of my bong bowls. So I'll, 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 after I put a new bowl pack in, I'll put mullein in for the bottom, you know, whatever, couple, two hits or so, and then put all the flour on top of that. So it kind of, you know, you're kind of always intaking a little bit of it that way. It helps a lot. I'll have to try that, man. So uh, you were talking about some uh, social media drama. Well, well, I wanted to mention that FCP got double strike today on both channels. Uh, for those of you that are, I found out actually, I popped on the Hoda Herbs channel to tell him, hey, I think your stream's broken. And then he they goes, the yeah, HL, the they got so. the HLD, HLP, VD, what do you call it? The hop latent virus. <laughs> the virus That's took him down. Um, you infected but, uh, the stream. Infected the, he, uh, he infected the stream. Steve, uh, apparently. So, um, no, uh, they had some old video from like a, over a year ago that was the, the cause of it. So, Hopefully they get their. Uh, their it wasn't. Back. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. I know we went. Ride. I know we went through that. Mar Marty and I went through that on this channel. Um, you know, we all all the YouTube channels that are cannabis. So in fact, I think uh, Do Grows right now. I think has got a YouTube strike as well. So that it's been. Uh, they've been hitting everybody. And um, just on that note, be sure if you're doing links, if you're hosting a show like we're doing, you guys are just talking whatever, and it's cannabis related, use social media links in the description, not direct website links or to seed sellers, put the social media links, not the direct seed website. And then same thing too with, um, uh, or Linktree. That's the other one that seems to be safe. Those, uh, anything else seems to get you in trouble as far as I can tell. So that as best I can tell, those are the rules. They change by the day, but for now that seemed to keep you out of and trouble. That's, I, I've said this before. I know this is like easier said than done, right? But how long have I been talking about this, Steve? Two years. The need to off-platform. Like the idea that like Instagram took me down. How am I going to rebuild my Instagram page? This shit is only going to get worse. You have to bring them somewhere. You have to collect their fucking email so you can talk to your own followers. Email. You can post it, on Instagram. Sucks, but that's it. What like what a email a better way. Website. Like, newsletter. You know, like there's a couple yep. of like backup options, but they're they're all just that. They're all just well, backup options it's not like a place where you can just like go like build a bank of content without worrying about getting fucked with and if like that's why i don't put content on youtube people come on my channel all the time now and they're like what well, what the fuck man I, you know like because it, it's been a minute you know probably a year or whatever that i put any like serious content on youtube because yep. i'm fucking sick of it like to me i don't want to message anybody to defend growing or smoking a fucking plant anymore so i don't put my <laughs> videos on youtube like it sucks, but I don't like, don't know what to do about it. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, like there are some places that are safe for now. Like everybody's flocking to discord where if you post a message, your, your people actually see it. Um, all the big boy companies have email lists. That's, that's how it's always going to be done. People hate email young people specific specifically, but like that's, that's another option um, or an RSS feed. Right now, podcasting is is something that where if you're subscribed and you have good content and people want to hear it, it doesn't get buried. It's in their subscriptions and it's right there. Um, now, I'd see something like Discord changing much faster, right? Just getting bought up by Meta. Although they seem to be, from what I understand, talking to people who are smarter than me, they seem to be pretty well positioned against that stuff. So I hope Discord holds up. And I think that podcasting would be one of the last things to go. It's very, very hard to get your podcast taken down from a platform like iTunes. You got to be saying some egregious sure. shit on your show for somebody to take that down. So right. for now it's safe. But what's interesting to me about what's going on on Instagram is the constant 
fraud and constant uh, dilution of the platform by bots and scammers. And there's something going on, right? Because you'll get your page taken down and then a copycat page will pop up right after it. And they'll be doing a, a giveaway just like yours and collecting your followers' emails and then trying to scam them for fucking Bitcoin, right? So what's going on here? There are supposedly Telegram groups where you know hackers are taking down people's Instagram accounts for a bounty. Poetry of Plants had talked about this, where there are secret rooms where it's like, I want this page don't, taken down. Don't mention the number. There is a number of accounts it takes. Don't mention that on the podcast. I don't know any. I don't know any of this. I I have just heard speculations from other people. My understanding is that bots are involved. It's crazy. <laughs> so. So to Bots me, and like some dude in like fucking wherever with like a hundred cell phones, like going at it hardcore, you know? Right, right. And there's right. people that do that that, that will target the services. Yeah. Has the same has the same problem. There's a whole group of people that are targeting um, anti-racist uh, videos that get posted on TikTok. So basically, actual racists that will spend their fucking life creating all these accounts so that they can put in the minimum number of reports and get these channels automatically taken down sometimes for weeks before they will respond to it and it's such a sad pathetic existence that i'm imagining this person having but at the same time it's problematic for people that like want to create content to get to like actual intelligent human beings to be able to review and letting someone like that get in the way of it like it just seems like they have to do something have to do something different i you know like for me to be able to invest too much more time into it. But, and like, no, yeah, I, I that, agree, man. I, I really like your perspective, Jordan, on the podcast. Um, I, I haven't joined the Discord thing because it just doesn't fucking make sense to me. But I'm, you know, I, my, I, my IG goes up and down. You know, like some days I hit that fucking thing and in, in, a, in a second I got 50 people in that room. Other days it's like, five minutes and it's like two or three you know or 20 they, people they throttled like, that live the they they throttled that live and and to me i don't know how long you can exist in this dystopian future before it's like i have to find another platform and i i'm still on instagram i'm not i'm not saying to you i'm just saying to to people listening like i'm not even out of it right but be very conscious of how much energy you're putting into a platform that actively hates your industry will right. not get better same thing with youtube um same thing with facebook and, and you just, you, you got to think, think elsewhere. And, and earlier in the show, Josh, I was saying another thing that I'm big on is in-person stuff. Like everybody's yeah. diving into the metaverse, which is going to be very, very useful and powerful in a lot of ways and for the cannabis industry. But like the more we get into cyberspace, the more valuable personal interaction becomes. Dude, that's actually where I went fucking to that uh, all the way to there. Like, so about a, you know, a year and a half ago, I was like, figuring out this metaverse, all this shit and diving deep. It's like, I got to figure this out. I got to get, get on top of it. You, I've, I've chatted about it and I've, I've spent a tremendous amount of time, like a tremendous amount of time and trying to partner with people to do this shit. And it, it didn't really work out. And then finally sitting back this summer, I was like, that's not even fucking my style, dude. Like <laughs> anyways, like, you know what I mean? Like I was really just trying to fucking connect and like, you know what I mean? Like my style is in person and low key and small, you know? And so I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, it's that, important. It's important, you know, and, and, and it's, 
I listened to a Joe Rogan and Mark Zuckerberg interview that happened recently on, on the Joe Rogan thing. And, you know, Mark's obviously like, you know, being very diplomatic and, you know, whatever, but like he, he, he definitely was, you know, was, was, was coming from the perspective of the, the in-person is the best form and that his goal and his job is he sees it as to make it, it to make the internet and technology get as close to that as possible. Right. And like, that's a, that's a great answer it, all the way around, yeah. <laughs> you know, joint, uh, huh? I wanted, I wanted to mention too, uh, um, if you're looking for another place you can post, uh, WeedTube has been around for a bit. I was one of the first podcasters that started hosting stuff over there. I do need to get some of the more latest episodes up there, but I have a lot of my stuff up there. And it's another place if you want to post and have a second place, you know, record the video or whatever. The, the point is, is that post it in more than one place. If you just get your audience in one single space, that's where you're going to get completely fucked because if like your access suddenly becomes an issue because of whatever, there's a lot of different ways that can happen. Um, you know, suddenly you're screwed. But if you have a backup source, even if you say had your channel taken away completely, at least you'd have your videos backed up so you can go over there and download them and at least have them back again without. And that's the other thing too: back up. If you're making content, back everything up physically and digitally. So make sure that you have your YouTube channel and all those files hosted on a digital drive somewhere like Google One, Google Drive, someplace else, and on a physical hard drive so that no matter what, you have copies of all that. Because if you don't, it can still disappear. It's it, it's crazy because the content creators, like you said, are in this position where they can lose their whole livelihood and their whole library. And that's fucked up. You know, I, 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 feel, I feel that. <laughs> but then there's also the home growers who just have their Instagram and like, there's pictures of their there's pictures of their pets on there interspersed in there. Sometimes there's pictures of their kids interspersed between their plants. If they lose that account, like they might be losing things that are near and dear to them and memories that are near and dear to them, but also just like a piece of your identity. It, it, it feels like shit. You know what I mean? And, and ultimately at the end of the day, it, these platforms like Instagram are being ruined by, if not these strict algorithms, how about how many comments you get? When you use hashtags that say promoted on whatever the fuck promoted on this thing, what the who's clicking on those fucking links, by the way, promoted on like, what does that even mean? Who are these bots who program these bots and how can Instagram not figure out a way in, in, in all its infinite wisdom, algorithmic wisdom, it can't figure out a way to stop these people from, from posting promote it on and then tagging some fucking thing on my page. I'm not like a hundred percent confident, but just being an IT person, I would say it's probably more for the bots because then they can avoid duplicate reposts. So the bot is looking Whoa. for the tag in the comment. And if it's already there, then it doesn't repost it. Whoa, man, you just blew my fucking mind. It's marking its territory. It's, it's like a dog this coming is, and pissing on my line. Text, <laughs> text parsing is super simple. Like you could write a script. Yeah, you guys should listen to that really. episode. You that makes a lot of sense. Time to listen to the episode. Uh, it was just the, the most recent one, like, you know, whatever, 10, less than 10 of shows back but uh it, you know you have to, it's like those whatever you gotta listen for a couple hours but hearing mark tucker talk, talk about all the little ass and joe pushes them right joe's i think if anything joe's pretty good at pushing on stuff when he wants to be pushy in a, in a polite way but um yeah i think we can all agree that he's gonna be pushy no matter what your opinion is about Joe, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I only saw clips of that one. I'll have to sit down and watch the whole thing. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I understand. Was like he was gonna hit the blunt, like Musk did. 
that was pretty cool. Did you see that? <laughs> he was a driver. He smoked, hitting the yep. <laughs> Mr. Musk. But no, Mark, I, he didn't even try, man. I was a little disappointed. I'm like, come on, man. Come on, Joe. Spark it up. See what he does. Right. I'm surprised he hasn't had any real <laughs> weed heads on there. Like, like, there's not been like a single fucking weed head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. He's got a huge conservative audience, so. Is he? In yeah, Texas but now? he also he had Paul Stamens on. He had he had Dennis McKenna on at that point. Yeah. Like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Stamens on. Talk about that. Yeah, that was that was a great show. Hamilton, you had Hamilton on at that point. You can have the weed people on, right? You think, but it, dude, it like to, to in my mind, he would he should do a fucking series on on it, or you know what I mean, like to to tell the story of like, you know, sure, I'd watch it. Yeah, fucking Chris Trump, uh, you know, Chris Trump, fucking Kevin Jodry, yeah. like fucking um. Any number of, of really fucking interesting people that have been in, involved in different in different shit, you know. Right. Where the fuck is Elaine Ingham? We need to get Elaine Ingham on there. Jordan, Jordan's got to run. Blow the world. Jordan's got to run, but um, uh, yeah, you guys I can. Hate to cut, yeah, cut short the uh, the the Rogan talk. Um, yeah, I'm going to check out that Zuck interview though, dude, for sure. Um, thank you guys for uh, for having me on the show. I got to hop off though. Um, Steve, keep me updated on your trip, man. Let's let's do another show. Oh, yeah. You're gonna be connected, be so. Yep. Travel Thank you, brother. You Check time. out uh, growcast.com, uh, growcastpodcast.com. I'm sorry, uh, mm-hmm. and growcast on Instagram and all the other things. And then Thanks, he has yes. great. Um, I think you're on the Patreon as well. the cultivation. Also showing us some uh, page notes there, Steve. Oh wait, wrong ones. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong screen. I'm sorry, guys. There we go. Hey, thank you, man. No, it's no problem. There we go. We do have um, Growcast. Order the cultivation. Yep. We're going to migrate it over. It is GrowcastPodcast.com, but we did get the domain Growcast.com. That's coming soon. So GrowcastPodcast.com. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, guys. Yep. Josh, Marty, and also hang out. check out his upcoming classes as well. If they're in a city near you, go hang out. It's a good time. San Diego, coming up. Come see us in San Diego, guys. Just uh, DM me or email me. Hit the contact form, whatever you want to do. Um, that San Diego class is going to be sick. We have like $100 in door prizes and a 25%. So it's like $75 ticket, $100 in compost and shit. It's, it's getting crazy. Y'all come and visit us. But uh, Steve, for real, man, you keep me updated on what you're doing. I'm, we didn't even get to talk about your Thailand stuff much. We talked about it last night on stream, but yeah. But anyways, man, you got to keep me up. I, I heard you might. I heard you might stop by. I want to come visit you, dude. We'll see if we can make that happen, brother. But, me too. Uh, Let's do it together, bro. Yeah, that would be awesome, man. Let's fly out there. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, I got thank some you, homies guys. coming out for Christmas. Maybe we could do something. Hey, I'm down. How do you say uh, Christmas in Thai? I'm not, uh, Merry Christmas in Thai. I'm not sure. On, 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 I don't on think they have Christmas uh, there. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. Jordan. Awesome. Well, uh, Jordan's always fun. We were hanging out with him yesterday. Um, I've been on his show a bunch of times. He's been on here a couple of times. So definitely go back and check out those episodes. Uh, always fun. Um, what's new with you, Josh? Um, what is new with me? 
I'm uh, I'm working on some. I got some some solid ass ideas on my next um, the next series of events I'm going to put out, which has been sort of hard for me to figure out. Um, just because, uh, uh, you know, I, you, people uh, are doing the same sort of thing that I've been doing. There's there's multiple people doing it and people doing it in the same spot with the, the same people. And, and that's all cool. You know what I mean? That that shit happens. And um, so I don't, I don't want to, like, keep doing the same same damn deal anyways. Uh, so. Um, I haven't haven't locked down dates. But I'm gonna, it'll, it, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to let the, let the cat out of the bag just a little bit here on it. I'm not quite sure. Um, it's gonna be a class on how to do um, gene testing. Um, so you can test test your males and females um, at, at an early stage. Because right now the situation is that if you want to do that, you can pay a, a lab. Um, ten dollars basically a snip and they'll they'll be able to tell you you know whether it's a male or female but that's not really financially feasible um you know at all i know some people do that shit but like it that's it's super expensive so <clears throat> i had the idea that i could contact a, uh, a lab and find somebody that that does this and teaches it and i found a guy that this is what he all he does is teaches tissue culture and how to do this stuff and he's down to come and teach us all how to do this, you know? And so um, there's very little equipment. Like I, I, we were texting back and forth the other day. I said, so what's the, the, the equipment list look like? He's like under 900 bucks, you know, you could buy all the equipment, come out to this event. Uh, the event will be about 500 bucks um, and we'll, we'll make it like a multi-day event. So it'll be one day of this course and then another day of a few other things. Um, and you'll be able to, uh, run your own samples. And so for me, that's going to be a huge benefit because right now I, I have like, a, you know, 1200 seedlings going. So not only just to be able to, you know, some people, they want to call because for cultivation, but for me, I want to be able to just simply go, let's put the males this way. Let's put this male, this, this, these females over here. Holy shit. It would save me a ton of work, you know? especially for a person that grows in living soil beds to be able to just like, boom, all my females go in the greenhouse. They can get flipped at the same time. I can put all my males in multiple rooms and I can sort them out and, and then they collect the pollen and bring them that pollen in and paint it on the females. Um, it would save me a ton of money, um, a ton of money. Um, and so I thought, I think it's a really good concept. Um, I'm really fucking jazzed on it. And I think that it's for, for whatever level of farmer or hobbyist, even I think it's going to be a really valuable tool. Um, if you're running hemp crops and you want to fucking set up this as you should set, this should be a part of every fucking farm. And so um, the only reason this has been in the bag uh, is it's in, in, you know, basically, I, I just don't know what the chemistry is. Like, I don't know what the fuck it is. And so I was like Googling, like, how, how the fuck do I figure this out? Like, can't be that hard, you know? And like, I got to get someone to teach me. Like, you know, so like, I was like, oh, you know, and I, I, that's kind of been the MO of these conferences is me scratching my own itch in a, in a way. And so I was like, it just like lined up. And so I want to do 
a series of them. We're going to, I'm probably going to do one in Humboldt, one in Michigan, one in Maine, and probably one here in Washington at my place. Um, so there'll probably be four and see how that goes. I think it's going to take a, take off. I, I'm going to limit it to 50 people. Um, and, I, and if they all just like sell out, then we'll probably book a few more places. I have some other ideas. So um, I'm really excited about that. And uh, I will share less about this next idea, but um, in sort of like re trying to think how to revamp the Regen Conference, um, I am going to work with a gentleman um, and do a really, really big show in, in LA um, in 2024. And it's gonna be a big show, a really big one. And we're gonna do all the stuff. It's gonna be regenerative based. It's gonna be uh, focused on home growing. It's gonna be opened up to all plants. It's not gonna be just focused on cannabis. Um, there'll be, so there'll be, <clears throat> yeah, it's gonna be a pretty cool big, big event and we'll, we'll, you'll be able to buy different tickets, you know? So if you wanna um, go to like the more intensive um, cannabis direction, like like I, the events I've done before, you could buy a ticket for that sort of thing. And so I'm really excited about it. I think it's gonna give the opportunity to fucking bust open uh, what we do in the cannabis community to uh, the, the gardening community, the home gardening community, which is huge. And, and that will really influence the world. You know, um, when I got approached about the idea of it being more open to the, to the home gardeners um, and not just cannabis home gardeners, like home gardeners, you know, um, I was like, fuck yes. Like that, you know, if we can change, change every garden and every backyard, like that's huge impact, you know, I'll take, take those, you know, I'll take that opportunity to like put some influence there. So I'm really excited about it. What's in the very, very beginning stages, you know, so I'm not even going to say any names or whatever, but we're, we're looking at a, an event in, uh, in, uh, 2024. that could be pretty fucking cool. And um, at the same time, I also want to come out and visit you, Steve. I think that feels like really important to me um, a, a, to come visit you as a friend, but also like a lot of shit's going on out there. And I, I think I want to go out there and try to do some courses or some consulting, um, you know, all of the above. And um, yeah, I don't know. That's one. That's There's what's a, in lot my head. Of, a lot of cool place, places around. I know I've had over a dozen people hit me up in Thailand and uh, ended up working for Steve, but uh, um, pretty easy pick on that one. But um, there's quite a, a, a few different, uh, you know, groups of people out there looking for people with experience and, uh, and doing a lot of different stuff. There's a lot of people coming in from other parts of the world that haven't uh, really competed against the Westerners much yet. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. And genetics and stuff like just, uh, just, you know, doing these different uh, lives with, uh, rob I'm like oh shit just why i'm watching him go lie you know or him post pictures of the dispensers i'm like oh i you can totally see what's going on it's like you know even like when we when we went over to uh when we go over i don't know how it is i haven't been over to bc for a minute but no that's yeah that's not true i went over uh for father's day and there there was an awesome dispensary but two years ago but or pre-covid i went over for my friend's uh wedding and like he's in um fucking squamish like a total hip town and uh like there's like four or five dispensaries and they were all just like 
you know, I'm not talking shit, but it was bullshit wheat. You know, it was just was fucking garbage. Like fucking, you know, who knows what the fuck strains they were. They're weird ass fucking names, you know. Um, and and it was just like that. Yeah. Anyways, that was fun though. We went, we did the last. That's what I saw. Uh, like, Four twenty. You're just like remember okay, we went up for four twenty. That was good. Yeah, dude, that was crazy. That was a different experience, dude. That fucking festival um was wild dude i went up there two years in a row um with you guys and then another time um yeah and that was a blast uh, uh a great time i hung out with breeder steve had some of his wine that was a, a crazy good time that's right we went at his wine hung out at his hotel room with his family that was really cool yeah that was super great hanging out on the beach i remember hanging out on the beach smoking a doobie yep. at the sunset <laughs> yep that was so good Good times for sure. <laughs> uh, well, what I'm about you, Marty? Another, another dab. What What about you, Marty? What have you been up to? Let's see if he's still there. He might have stepped away for a moment. All right. Well, I'm sure he'll be back. Um, what are you? Uh, do you want to explain that ring that you have? I don't think everyone's seen one like that before. Like the the nail, in particular. Are we? You're muted. That's the mothership. Okay. So you should know that's that's the that's the most important part of the piece right there is the mothership. Um, if you haven't smoked up off a of mothership, it's. I mean, it's just like that. It's like uh, they fucking. They smoke good. They smoke really, really well, and they're like better than anything else. Um, so you got to start there. But this uh, this device on the end is a slurper, is what they call it. And I'm missing my marble. I have a little opal marble that you put on there to uh, restrict the flow. But and you, you see, I put a little gizmo to make it wingle waggle when I make it tiggle taggle and then I uh, you know got to get the right temp it's coming in hot coming in hot he's got a little device that measures the temperature of the nail I'm sure he'll show yeah you. I'll show you that in a second I gotta I gotta hit this fucker though so see how it works as you put it up on the side there and it melts down into that little bowl Whoa, that's a fail. Did you just see that? No. <coughs> Total fail. I'm not used to the, using this as restriction on there. I just totally ate some fucking bong water. That's oh, good for you. It builds character. Oh, my goodness. That's embarrassing and funny as shit. Oh, it's not that many people are, are watching that's pretty funny that just happened like that showing up <laughs> oh. <laughs> good times turn red. Come to turn red in the face i have uh actually you know what i'll load this up i got something kind of cool to show i've been working on this all see this shit this is too funny <laughs> so you got something cool 
I've been working on all week. Normally, I don't have a. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta be doing a lot of shit. You're leaving, man. What's yeah, but I've also job? been doing a ton of. I, I got a couple people I'm working with now doing a lot of design work for um, other aquaponic systems and hydro systems now. <laughs> different contractors and I'm using using me for that, so it's been fun. Let me get this pulled up here. All right, here we go. So we got. This is a retrofit of a farm in Texas. And you can see the plumbing is all there, top and bottom, the sump tanks and everything back. So, yep. So, just uh, they have a little store in the front of this. The reason why this is raised, they have like a deck that goes, they have like a, a store that this goes up to. And there's like a deck here that goes to that. So, there's a store in the front. They sell the lettuce there. And then they have the vegetables over here. And this is all different types of leafy greens that they'll be growing, um, different ones year round. Yeah, I'm working on on fixing the, the the layout of it, and over there, putting new liners in it, and new frames for all the grow beds, and new plumbing for all the the fish tanks. Adding two more fish tanks. Oh, There's only two in there right now. So that's really cool, dude. No, I, I was thinking as uh, you were doing that, I was like, man, I want to fucking ride that. You know, I want to drive that car. Yeah, yeah. This is down in uh, in Texas. So. Working on places all over. So, yeah, it's fun, especially stuff like that. It just doesn't take Thailand me a long time. is gonna be a fucking bitch. That that like you know what I mean. Like if uh, I I know I know the growth scene there I, I, a little bit enough to be intimidated by it. They grow in these like semi greenhouse you know they're basically roofs with with mosquito you know or insect netting uh, you know all around the, the side yeah but it's basically the same as jamaica you have a lot of bugs it's humid soil isn't super great well it's a little bit better where i'm going but it's what you do is you have to use have you ever seen an umbrella top greenhouse that's what yeah yeah that's what i'm saying they're like they're, they're yeah hold on i i gotta i gotta step off for a sec sure I'll pull one up, guys, for you guys and uh, watching the show. Oh, where is it? Let's call it an umbrella ridge. Here we go. So something like this. Well, this is kind of a shit picture. Let me find a better one. Anyways, I'll, I'll pull this up here in a second for you guys. There's kind of two different ways that you can go about this, but We'll we'll put this up on uh, on the screen just so you guys can see it. So it looks like this. You can see here it has this kind of like extra structure on top of the greenhouse. Oh yeah, yeah. And you can vent out that way, and it helps the heat get out of there a lot better. It wicks the heat up, kind of it gives a little attic for that heat differential, and that heat heat differential will suck the air up, so it kind of helps dump it out much no, better. So you, that's what I need. Yeah, so the, anywhere, if you're growing in the south, you're growing anywhere in the tropics, this is the design that works. Um, alternatively, you can also use a design like this. Let me open this up. Oh. Let me open this up in a, just the image. I'm sorry, guys. Something like this. This is the other design that we've used a bunch. I think you guys can see this, right? Yeah, or just have that open up. So, so, close, so this, right? yeah, so this opens up and you can dump all that heat out. So the heat just rolls right out the top. And this right. is, you have to have either this design 
or this design. And or if you're doing the tropics, if you don't have one of these two designs, you're screwed because well, the heat's going to build even with just screen houses. This, this one is probably with with heavy the tropic heavy rain loads. You know, yeah, probably, yep. probably want these this. are much yeah. better long term. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude! I can't believe I just I took it up the nose too. Still feeling it. I'm I'm moving to this thing. I got just. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll match you. How about that? Ah. Here we go. Match me on that bitch. Match me outside. Speaking of which, that chick made an obscene amount of money this year on the whatever. Only spam. Um, what's the time difference over there? Twelve hours from CST. So if it's three a.m., it's three p.m. there from CST, from Central. Real simple that way. So I don't have to worry about it too much. To figure it out for myself. But I don't know. It'll be easy. The only difference is, is that my show will be Friday mornings instead of uh, Thursday night. So it is what it is. Oh, you're gonna, <laughs> I mean, you'll be doing it Friday morning. Yeah, to me, it'll be Friday morning, but it'll be the normal time Thursday to everyone else in yeah. the U.S. <laughs> oh, you know what I found today? Yeah. I was going to mention it just because I have much love for one of the persons. Oh, do I lose them? Oh, they're right here. There you go. Here's something I bet a bunch of y'all haven't seen in a minute. Open cannabis project sticker. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen one of those in a minute. Found one of those I was cleaning today. So what's up with your dogs? They're gonna I got a friend of mine that's got a farm that needs guarding, so they're gonna go hang out. Nice. And they got two ponds and like 40 acres and an indoor barn for them that's got air climate control with a bunch of grow rooms they can hang out in the in the lobby with uh and the nice air conditioning all day while they're while they're at work so they'll be nice and spoiled yeah. how long's your contract um i got well i have a couple to, we'll kind of see how it goes for the first three months and if we like each other then we'll go as long as we want so but i'm sure it'll work out it seems pretty simple i have a, a really good idea of what's going on and a, a good idea of what to do when i hit the ground so and it's not my first rodeo doing one of these uh, go to the other side of the world and do this again kind of thing. So <laughs> did this once before. Actually, yeah, twice. Sounds, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. The, the biggest thing is learning the new bugs, right? And like figuring yeah. out what, what we got to do to keep them on, in line. So I've been trying to learn some other natural pest uh, uh, mite controls and like other mite solutions for the spider mites and the red mites there. Um, that's been my biggest concern. Mold and all that I can deal with. I know how to the deal bugs, with all that the shit. bugs aren't what I what I would be worried about. What there's nothing else to worry about. No, fuck the the climate, dude. That the can you know no, that's fine. I can I, deal I, with I, fungi, I can deal with mold, opinion, I can deal with humidity, I can deal with all those that. That's plants are waking up with like you know, like like where I live with water on them you know, for, right. for three hours every day. 
but that's why it's important to be spraying microbials a little more regularly in a situation like that, you know, once a week or something with a good liquid IMO or labs or whatever's in your rotation or cease or Sonata or, you know, <laughs> one of the other products that you'd use in your rotation and, and keep those microbial colonies alive on the leaf at all times so that you don't have problems. That's, that's where people I think fuck up is not keeping those microbial colonies going, especially if you're growing in a situation where like they're not doing fungal testing and microbial colony forming units and shit yet, right? You know, out there. So as long as we have our, our stuff is clean and we don't have any botrytis, no fusarium, you know what I mean? Like we're good. So you know, obviously if we're doing total plate counts or we'll we'll see what they come down the line with as far as microbial testing and we'll adjust Yeah, it just it just seems intimidating, you know, like I I, I just you know, um we don't have any issues wet, with I mean, we wet, do this wet and cold is one thing, but wet and warm is another fucking thing, you know? Wet and warm is easier because your 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 probiotics stay alive longer. Yeah, but it's like optimal mole at night, you know, it's optimal pathogen. Well, that's just where it's important of here, like it gets cold, you know. We get we're we're already in the fifties at night, low fifties, right? So like we're we're out of pathogen zone at night. Well, that's where the important of thinning your plants, not letting it get too bushy, and then also just keeping good airflow in the fields. Just dip out. Go, motherfucker. We're talking. All right. Uh, I'd love the dogs back in. Dogs are being bratty. <laughs> just talking um, shit. It's all cool. It's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, yesterday I didn't manage to get onto the Dat Smoke show. When I got back, I kind of asked out because we smoked a whole bunch, and uh, it was good times. But uh, thanks I everybody out came out. Of, I asked out of almost every uh, Dat Smoke show. <laughs> I, I do the whatever the version of the 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 London dip or whatever you call it. You know, <laughs> the Irish goodbye or just kind of like fade out. Yeah, no, but I mean, you got your good IMO applications. You're putting labs down, you know, on, a, on one or the other every other week, or you know, or one or the other every week, obviously on a rotation. So you're, every other week they're getting one, you know, either one. You're not gonna have problems. I'm not, I mean, I'm not I, we deal with that all the time. Do, dude, I'm just saying uh, that's what intimidates me about it because that's not something. Oh that's no, that's what I'm saying. You know, the biggest I'm thing is unknown thing. insects I haven't dealt with before that are immune to everything normal that's what scares me nah, they're not i mean none of that shit because they haven't seen any of this fucking shit you know yeah but they got all kinds of jungle bugs and stuff just there, give them the avid bro cure all it's a cure all <laughs> no but uh i mean um, larger insects he said I, it. I heard really him well. say it on the potent products show he's for the avid <laughs> and the fluoromite too Bitches. You know what was funny? Speaking of Avid, I was in a hydro store in Georgia uh, when I was working out. You know, I have a client out there, and um, we found a bottle of Guardian in one of the hydro stores. I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Oh I was God. like, "Dude, like, do you have any idea? Fire, like, do you know the history of this product at all? Like, at all, dude? First off, this thing's expired. Second of all, it's yeah, literally melted cinnamon bears and Avid." <laughs> 
It's like literally there was, you know, a dude disappeared because of this that used to own the company and all kinds of other crazy shit. So, but anyone that doesn't know the history, uh, Guardian was responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars of destroyed weed that was supposed to be organically certified. Destroyed weed and like fucking uh, probably like three quarters of the people that have cannabis hypermesis syndrome. What is that? What it's called? Am I saying it right? Hyper meat, yeah. you know, the coughing thing from from uh, yeah. yeah, from Avid. I don't know. I'm fucking just bullshit. Oh no, I I thought that was. Anyways, we can get into that. But I thought that was linked to as a direct name. You mean? Well, at least a large, not everybody, but a large percentage of them are. Wait, where's Q? Where's Q? Now we're not going to. No, 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 no. no. It's not the, the it's not the natural up. no Coot and I have talked about this. It's not the natural oil that's a problem. It's when they do the extractions and you have this hyper concentrated commercial extracts for as a direct and that's designed to be diluted and people are not diluting it right and then they're getting these insane doses. Like of course well, that's, that's totally different than a neem meal in, in the soil. Yeah, no neem meal and soil is not going to cause it. No, of course yeah. not. No, I mean, I, I personally am not pro neem and soil just because of the, it kills a lot of the microbes. That's a separate issue. I think it's okay occasionally, especially for vegetables. It can be a good um, pest control, but I've been moving on to other, other, you know. I did uh, put a bunch of neem meal in one of my soil beds and I posted on, this is like a long time ago, years and years ago. And I posted about it in um one of the do you know scott scott will granola got really he posted about it and, and you know said that i was gonna have microbial collapse or something like that and yeah that, they call it microbial never, prolapse yes yeah yeah that never happened but you know that was in a in an outdoor hoop house scenario you know where um had access to mother earth mother like the, you know what i mean like i'm putting it to me when you're you you're putting something in the earth, it's such a big pot. You know, it's the biggest pot. So it's like you know, it's different than than doing a, a like a pot above ground where there's only so much soil. You know, it's like I always say, tell people it's like the different. The reason I do huge ass beds is because it's you know, have you have you have you ever had a fish tank? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you know that the bigger fish tanks are easier? Yeah, because you have the more water, the more stable it is. I'm like, yep, exactly. So, you know, putting a little neem at this little spot on your earth, you know, is a lot different than putting in your in your in your uh, 20 gallon, 40 gallon pot, you know. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm 95% bro science. So, like, get that straight but my bro science is fucking better than everybody else's like bullshit science in terms king of, of the bro science. Huh? The Dutch blues, king of the bro science. King of the bro science. <laughs> king of the bro science, but my weed's better than yours. So there's that. There you go. And I'm saying that's just like in general, not to you, Steve, but, but also to you, Steve. <laughs> Yeah, Matt, as I spill my uh, my Puffco on my keyboard. Thank you, Josh. I'm being a dick. I'm being a dick. I blame you entirely. Thank you, Josh. 
You just spilled your buffco. A little bit, yes. Thank you. I blame you solely. Sorry. I'm just teasing. That's all right. It's like the third time I've done it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do shit. Gotta get going too. But um after being a total asshole on the bounce. <laughs> no, you have no worries. I was gonna you're show leaving, uh, you're leaving on Monday, so uh cool. Let's uh let's chat, chat this weekend, dude. Sure. I uh we'll see. I'll know tomorrow what's up with my, my visa. I was trying to show there we go. I wanted to show something real quick. I don't know if anyone saw this today. I just wanted to show this. Um, insane, since we were talking about it earlier. Chris Trump had a IMO collection in Costa Rica. How's oh, that dude, for IMO? That epic. That's that an IMO like... collection. <laughs> there it is. I just wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to shout Chris out because that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, he wins. Yeah, he wins for sure. Apparently, you can't zoom in on Instagram on the PC. Anyways, pretty (laughs) wild. That's a pretty cool. Look at that. That's nuts. Yeah, that's IMO. (laughs) In the jungle. (laughs) How do people find you there, Josh? Dutch Blooms on Instagram or regenerativeseeds.com. Buy seeds, grow weed. It's fun. Awesome. All right. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a good night, dude. Peace. Bye, everyone. Uh, Marty, uh, how do people find you? You can find Marty at AP Meds on uh, Instagram, um, YouTube, I, um, and uh, I don't know where else. On those two, I know at least. Um, and then you can find me at Potent Ponics, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all the things. Um, you can also check us out over at apmjclass.com. We have a whole bunch of different courses and um, topics, over 700 different sections uh, covering a huge range of different topics in aquaponic cannabis cultivation. Um, we also have an, uh, uh, another class, thepestclass.com. Uh, that's just pest management uh, for living soil and aquaponics. We kind of cover uh, all the different beneficial controls um, and uh, beneficial insects, release rates, all the other fun stuff. So check it out. It's a, a great course if you're looking to you know, get a good uh, foundation to your pest control. Alrighty, guys. Thanks for watching. Um, I'm, we'll see about next week, probably. Uh, I'll know more tomorrow, but uh, if I end up leaving Monday, as planned tentatively um i we will not have a show next week because i will be just getting there on thursday to to the actual farm uh, i'm leaving monday but you lose a day and then it takes two days to get there so um yeah it's gonna take me a while so i need to sleep for about a day when i get there so uh, we're gonna be off for a week uh and if i'm not traveling next week uh, we will have a show uh and then we will have a week off after that or, or whenever it is that i end up traveling so thanks everybody for watching Uh, We will see you guys again soon. Again, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all the things. And uh, we will catch you guys again soon. Peace. Thanks for watching.